0: And
1: a show. Welcome to Feature in a Short. My name is Justin Joseph Hall and this is a podcast presented by Four Wind Films. Feature in a Short is a monthly screening hosted by us, where an appointed contributor presents their chosen feature motion picture and a short movie. There's only one condition for the screening. The presenter must have been directly involved with one picture and not the other. This time, we have the lovely Olga Laganova.
0: Hi, guys!
1: Who decided to bring her first feature that she finished called Sacred Leaves.
0: It's a term. It's a Brazilian term, actually. Folia Sagrada.
1: Olga is a producer, director, cinematographer. She's done pretty much everything, but she uses natural light better than most people I've seen in documentaries. And the short that she brought is Volta, which is an Eastern European documentary that was picked up by the New York Times OpDocs. It's a nice short 10-minute piece about young women and horses.
0: It took my breath away. I think it's so beautiful and so well-made. It's something that I would... Aspire to do. It's a coming-of-age documentary made by two Polish filmmakers, Monika Kotecka and Karolina Porizala. They're both graduates of the National Film Academy in Lodz. And this is one of the best filmmaking schools in the world. I tried to get in there like years ago. This is the best. Legitimately, Poland is uh, such a treasure for filmmakers. The cinematographer had a degree in social science, and the screenwriter was a zoologist, and so they kind of merged. They made this beautiful, beautiful short. It also premiered at IDFA. I think it was selected by Sundance Lab. It's chosen by Updogs and uh, many other festivals, justly so, and I hope you like it. And it's made by women filmmakers. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say Another word about it. Enjoy.
1: So after the short, we had a small discussion on what happened. So
0: I was going through different descriptions of the film on different websites, and uh, the one that is on Polish Institute website is kind of, I don't know, it kind of captures it. That it's an observational and creative portrait about sacrifice, frustration, physical limits and endurance. uh, And it shows how the team must accept that Zuzia's position is basically untenable that she has just grown too big and so as a child i danced and uh, very soon i became too tall and always been like lagging behind because you're too big too big too big really it's not the reason why i chose this film but i kind of know how it feels i felt connected to it because growing up in russia you always feel the pressure yeah to perform to be the best you feel it like it's you Mm. What a difficult career. Like talking about the subjects though. The girl is 12, so yeah. at 12 she's too big. And like her emotions were not the emo- emotions of a child in a way. But again, for me, like what I'm kind of jealous of this film, to be honest, because again, mm. like every shot here is beautiful. Mm. And I, like I wish every shot in my film, like I know how to frame or like you know, I've been learning cinematography and the cinematography is unparalleled. Sometimes you are somewhere. And you just don't have time. It's not perfect, and like this perfection eludes you, and then you see something that is like perfect from the beginning and to end, and it's like ah. I think it's very much also a Slavic school of documentaries, the Russian school as well, like where every shot is perfect. That's taught. And again, this speaks to Lloyd's school. Pavel Poblikovsky, the one who made Ida and Cold War, he's a graduate of that school. That was one
1: of the most beautiful films I've seen. I'm
0: about. telling you, Poland is incredible. Krzysztof Kislewski, um, Zanussi, they're all Polish.
1: Kieslowski is not my favorite, but. I love Krzysztof. Kislewski. I mean, it's beautiful, Kislewski. but. It's
0: Watch like Blue, seasons. Red, White. Blue, White, Red. Those are amazing. And yeah. uh, The Secret yeah. Life of Veronica is amazing. It's just, it's the great films. They're fantastic. <laughs> so, how do you capture the audio if you're not in their faces? and I don't think there was a boom. So I think it was a long lens, I can assume. Yeah. And also the audio editing, how they integrated Mm -hmm. the horses, the sounds with the music and even with the, you know? And that shot of a girl, Zuzia, just like her stare, and you can hear the hoofs of the horses Mm -hmm. and the music, and it's like, But this is the difference between just trying to document something and make art, because this is for me is art.
1: Well, it is like a documentation, too, and it has a
0: whole arc. In it, yeah, it's like a feature film, but just, be, it's like, there is a catharsis, there is this drama. This is the second time I watch it, actually, but I've been thinking about it, like, for over a year. Yeah.
1: Then leading into her film, Olga had
0: a few words to say. I just graduated from Columbia, and my specialty was science documentaries. In a way it is a student project because I did have to follow and work with my advisor and science is supposed to be a big part of it. It's ethnobotany and uh, sometimes it gets in the way of narrative. While I did everything on my own, more than ever I realized that filmmaking is a team effort and it's not an effort of one person. Uh, It's not perfect. I love it very much and I think it tells an important story. It will change in the course of the next six months. But I hope you like it. My soul is in it. Like, Mm -hmm. everything I can do is in this film. I think it's my best work.
1: During the showing of Sacred Leaves, we had a few less things to eat and a few more things to smell. As her film is set in Brazil, in the rainforest, there were some unique things that I've never seen before, and I don't think most of the audience have either. On top of that, we had Caipirinha's and apology Keiju for everyone to snack on does anybody want a caipirinha before we start so I'm definitely... These are delicious. in the end after the movie was over because this was an unfinished product for her feature she had a few questions for the audience and we discussed it a little bit
0: so the reason why i did this film it was kind of also personal my family is from siberia from the like the heart of siberia and generations of women in my family were doing the same thing, they were going to taiga and collecting herbs and barks and oils and they were treating their family and the whole community. So when I had to choose a topic, I had two topics and I went for this, for ethnobotany and how deforestation affects medicine. So I think this aspect is rarely shown. How climate change and deforestation in Brazil changes people's lives.
1: Yeah, like deforest yeah. What did you shoot on?
0: C one hundred Mark Two.
1: Okay, those are nice. Especially for running down. How amazing. long were you how long was
0: the shoot? I had seventeen shooting days. Oh okay. And you were there uh, twenty one days. Yeah. Fun trip. Oh it was a fun trip. Who you were traveling with, the crew. It, it just, was you just were, me. And you weren't scared that you're like gonna have your camera broken or oh I, I was very scared it was my personal camera I took the the school's tripod which was the worst tripod ever he was so light it would move from like the air movement mm. it was like but also it fit my suitcase and I had very little money so I had to save on every bag I have a question for you. I think personally the whole first scene scene—it's like probably not as well shot as the rest of the film. But it's kind of important because it gives the introduction to the main character. Did it bother you that the camera was shaking? I didn't
1: know. No. I didn't notice. Yeah. The, only thing, the only thing I did notice with there was the one where you did a stabilization. Yeah. That was a lot. Mm-hmm. lot of- I
0: just paid more attention on like this huge sky shot. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: That's nice. Lightning's always fun to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. I was lucky to
0: be there. Do
1: you have a translator? I
0: hired a translator okay. there because I don't speak Portuguese. Yeah, I was like. Yeah, but she was very moody and she would not translate. But it's a uh, different story.
1: Bad translator for.
0: Me. Mm-hmm. Bad. The first scene I edited, I edited it for three weeks because I didn't understand the word. So, but that also that scene is the best scene in the film. Yeah. So honestly, we don't need to understand what's going on. <laughs> The American Patricia, uh, 20 years ago maybe, she studied forestry and then she went to Brazil and she wanted to do normal research. She worked with a big organization and mm-hmm. she needed to count the trees and how much they bloom and she met this woman from a village and they started talking. And uh, actually they started working together. Mm. And when uh, Patricia wrote a book together with Gloria, they would go from village to village and they talked to people in the villages saying, hey, you sell your trees because this is what it's like. Of course, sometimes just the the big farming industry moves in and cuts everything. And then there is illegal, illegal deforestation. But very often a guy with money comes to the village everyone has their own patch of forest mm-hmm. and then the guy says like, hey, here is a thousand dollars. Yeah. And they say, yeah, take it. But the forest costs much more. The trees are amazing. They bring everything, not just the medicine, but also food. And if mm-hmm. in, there is no fruit, they attract mm-hmm. game. So one tree of Ushi attracts like 50, whatever, cucinias They're little pigs. They're very cool. Well, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> yeah, so they lose everything.
1: I really like that man. Yeah, he's a legend
0: How did you get Oh my god it's like again pre-production it was like a detective story he lives there he's now a naturalized Brazilian he's like Charles Darwin with a better character He's this interdisciplinary scientist who's a geneticist archaeologist I think people like him like they come like once in a century. He kind of t- teaches generations of ethnobotanists. And uh, if you do research of the field, you kind of come across the big names and you ca- kind of try to get in touch with them. Mm. So he was one of the names. Patricia is the main one. It took me four months to find her. I was calling like hundreds of people.
1: What were you most surprised about when you went there?
0: <sighs> me, like as a human, by poverty. Huh? Poverty. I, like, so I grew up in a country that was not rich. Especially Belarus. I think Russia is, like, more affluent than Belarus. In Belarus, we're, like, shit. But then you go to Brazil and you see a favela where people... Well, in Brazil, only 30% of people have sanitation. They don't have sewage. So you know, when people have nothing and what they have to do to survive, you kind of, it's... Or the, when people have nothing but they manage not only to survive, but be happy. Mm-hmm. When you always like, I always complain about stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, New Yorkers. Yeah. yeah. So that surprised me the most. But everyone also uses, like, oils and Mm. barks, and you open the medicine cabinet, this is what you use. Mm. There, like, people don't have roads, well, they do have roads, but their main road is the river, the Amazon, Yeah. Yeah. and sometimes you live in one spot, and it takes you three days to get to a hospital, so if there is no copaiba, Mm
1: -hmm. you're dead, Yeah. because
0: copaiba, it's this oil that uh, Justin gave us, this is antiseptic and antibiotic, and it treats cuts and wounds, Mm -hmm. Like, I brought Andi Roba and Copaiba yeah. too yeah. oh, cool. Yeah, but we have, uh, and
1: sec-
0: it, and sexual get- potency tonic yeah. accidentally. That, that is t- Accidentally. I told you, old guy. No, it's like, you I know. know there are accidents, but there aren't accidents. <laughs> like, we get home. <laughs> And I'm like, can you please read me what it's about? And she's like, okay. It's like sexual potency for men, for good, men. good for a prostate. And I'm like, great, great. <laughs> yeah. That's great yeah. for you. So if anyone needs something, it's like still in my fridge. I'll, I'll <laughs> let you know if I have prostate injury. Yeah, no, it, I've never been in a, like, in a place as dangerous as that. Why was it dangerous? In Belém, you cannot be outside. You cannot shoot from a car with the windows open. You cannot stay in the streets after 5 p.m. That happens? that market, you, you're getting robbed or killed. Mm. That market that I shot at, people were screaming that I should get away because I'm a white, tall person, mm. foreigner with an expensive camera. Target. And I made a big mistake. So initially I wanted to work with a woman translator. I thought it would be more comfortable for me. Mm. She was freaking out every five minutes. Yeah. I Yeah. I was like, it would be much better if I had a man bodyguard? although I don't know. And like the two guys in this um, witchcraft store at the, like in the entrance, they were waiting for me. And so actually they were like, they blocked me there and they they would not allow me to leave. And then when my translator showed up, because I was filming in the store alone, they kind of left. And I'm like, something is off. She's like, we cannot stay here. It's already five. We need to leave because every moment it's getting more dangerous. And um, the moment we started moving, they just jumped out of the next door. And like, it was a very weird feeling. It's like your safety is compromised and it's kind of your integrity is compromised. Luckily, there was a cop, undercover cop in that store. Mm. He escorted us to the car. And they kind of, like, he started talking loudly, and so they left. So the, the feeling of danger that you cannot see mm. because you don't see, like, people with guns, but you know that you are being watched. And, uh, yeah, that was very uncomfortable. So I stayed in the house owned by my translator's mother so it was like a household and like first there was a metal gate and then there was a house and it had like metal bars and all the windows were barred and like then there was another metal like basically everything was in cages and I think it's very very common in Latin America but for me like to see bars everywhere and like Mm -hmm. you need to use two locks to lock yourself in because somebody can come and kill you and it's just like okay cool (laughs) that was very strange that was a very new experience I just tried to be very fast and I knew that I would not have a second take mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was that well, you do some research like where is Ooh, it yeah yeah well some of it yeah like 50% of it worked 50 didn't
1: where exactly were you like where's the I was first in the poorest
0: state it's billing it's the capital of Paras state
1: Okay. Did you do it again?
0: I would do it again. In a heartbeat. Again, next time I'm going to Nigeria. And I want to go back to Brazil in the winter to show them the film.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Feature in a Short. Uh, We just want you to be aware that if you would like to attend one of the screenings, please just write us at info at 4 or hit us up on social media at, at 4 uh, on almost any platform. That's F-O-U-R-W-I-N-D-F-I-L-M-S. And uh, in addition, we also have merchandise for sale for our narrative projects. Um, And we have hats and different things for sale. So head to our website. if you would like to check that out. We've been doing traveling shows. So even if you're outside of New York City and want to attend the show, uh, contact us because we're likely heading to Minneapolis and Seattle. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that more in the future. So um, thank you for listening to us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Ciao.